Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 435 for the ninth of Shvat in a regular year. So I want to ask you guys a question. Do you like paying tax? So I'm going to take a wild leap here, and I'm going to guess that the answer to that question for at least the vast majority of you guys is a resounding no, right? I don't like paying taxes. It's a very bad feeling at the end of the year when I have to calculate all my taxes and my earnings and see how much I have to give away to the government, right? Especially because, you know, nowadays when everything's become so heated politically and everything, I'm sure every single one of you has an opinion about the government and about (laughs) what's going on in the world and if your taxes are going to the right place, if they're not going to the right place, right? So hopefully if you're a law-abiding citizen, you give your taxes and hopefully, you know, if you're living in a, in while we all have critiques against the government, If we're living in the United States or Israel or, you know, in some country where it is pretty much a free place, (laughs) we don't love paying taxes. At least we're not living in a total dictatorship and uh, and we do have our freedoms somewhat. So while we may not enjoy giving taxes, if we if you are a law abiding citizen, you probably do and you probably give it begrudgingly. And you know that while it's not something that you love doing. And while you may not agree with everything that the government does with your money, there are certain things that the government does and that the government uses the taxes for that you probably realize are essential, even if it's not something that you personally benefit from or that you even really necessarily like, but you know is a necessity. So this analogy of giving, of paying taxes, well, it may not be perfect, but it's something which came to mind when I was studying the chapter of, the, of today, of the Tanya that we're going to be learning, which discusses the idea of the different ways that God gives to the world, that God gives his light, his influence to the world. And while there are some things that God gives to the world in a way that is like very loving and in a face-to-face kind of way. Uh, So this is like, you know, to Jewish people or to holy objects and things like that. There are a lot of other things in the world that God gives to you, but in a more backhanded way, in a more like kind of begrudgingly way, similar in my mind anyways, to how we give taxes, where he decided that this is something he has to do. And for whatever reason, there's a reason for these things, but it's not something that he enjoys. And it's not something that is done in a face-to-face manner. It's more in like a backhanded way, a backhanded gift, like sort of like if you owe somebody money or you have to give somebody a present, but you really don't want to. So you 
don't face them. You kind of just say like, okay, you can pick it up, you know, in the other room and you don't look at them while you're giving them that gift. So let's see how the altar abbot explains this. And for context, we are beginning a new chapter today. It's chapter 22 of Likotea Marm. So the altar abbot is going to continue with what we've been talking about so far about this idea of God creating the world through speech and about how everything in the world is really at its like essential existence is really nothing but the speech of God. We also talked about how God's speech is different than man's speech, because while with man's speech, even though our speech is totally and utterly dependent upon us, nevertheless, it's two separate things. There's me, and then there's the words that I speak, and the you know, and and you can separate the two. Versus with God, you can't do that. And with God, His speech and Him are really linked and intertwined, and there there isn't an existence of His speech without Him at all. So. Then, it, then the question that the altar brings up here is he says, so if that's the case, that there's such a difference between God's speech and man's speech, why do we use the term speech? Why is it that uh, this term is used in Torah? And he says that this is because Torah spoke in a way that humans can understand. And so thus, and not only that, But when we talk about God's speech, there is something there that is very much, it is actually speech, the way that we can understand it. Because what is speech, if you really think about it? Speech is the descent and the influence of vitality to whatever it is that's below it. So, you know, if you think about the speech of man, when a person speaks, what am I doing right now? I'm revealing what's going on on the inside. I'm I'm influencing, I'm taking... I'm descending my thoughts down into the external world. And so God, God's speech is similar in the sense that when he wants to descend and shower forth his vitality to the lower worlds, he does this through speech. And specifically, what does it mean through speech? It's that he does this through many, many, many constrictions, all kinds of different constrictions. And through these many constrictions, this creates many different types of creation, all kinds of different creatures. And these constrictions and these concealments are so great that it could even create things that are against God, like things that are impure and klipos. Remember, if you talk about the, if we we spoke about the husks and the sitra achra, you know, the other side, like things that are totally against God. So the amount of concealments and constrictions that God uses in his descent of his life force into the world are so great that it could even create things that are totally against God. And so that what this means is that even these things that are totally against God, these things that are totally impure, these klipos, these sutra achram, they they too receive their vitality and their existence from the word of God, from the spirit of his mouth, in a way of hestel panim, it's called, from like a concealment of the face and from a descent of levels. And this is why they are called Elohim Acherim. So if you've ever studied a little bit in uh, Torah, a lot of times, you know, when we talk about different things that are impure, or especially if we're talking about like different uh, idols, like different deities that, that different nations worship and things like that, or really when we talk about idolatry in general, the term often used for it is it's called Elohim Acherim, which means other gods. So if we want to look into the et- etymological basis for this, the word acherim, it's, it means other, but it also comes from the word achor, which means back. 
And we'll see that this is something very essential because the way that these entities, these things that are against God, the way they, the way they suckle and where they get their, their vitality from is not in a way of face to face, but rather from a way of the back, from the backside of Kedusha. And the way that we can understand this with man, with this this type of backhanded thing with man, is that if you're giving to somebody that you hate, if a person is given to somebody something to somebody that they hate and in a way that they don't really like, you know, I gave the example of taxes, for example, or this could really apply anytime. If you have to give something to someone you hate, what do you do? You throw it back up behind your shoulder and you don't look at him because you hate him. You hate this person, Right. So this is how it works above, that when God gives to people in a way of panim, panim is face, but again, this dual meaning in Hebrew, so the word panim, it means face, but it also comes from the root of panimut, the inner, the inside. So again, panim is face, and it also means inner, achol is other, and it also means backwards. So panim is the panimus of the ratzon ha'elion, so it's the inner supernal well, and his true yearning, and his true well, that God really wants. So when God gives to things in this more face-to-face kind of way, it means that he's giving to, to people or to things in a way that he it's he's giving this vitality to anything that's close to him that comes from the side of holiness. But when it comes to the other side, from the side of the sitra achra and impurity, which is what God hates, then he only gives them, he still gives them life, but he does not give it to them from this inner place of his will and his true desire. But but rather, he gives it to them in this more like backhanded way. So just like, as we said before, like somebody throwing something behind their shoulder to the person that they hate. And so why does God do this? This is actually, the point of this is actually to punish the Rashaim in order to give the good reward to the Tzadikim. So meaning to say that, you know, God needs to punish the wicked people. So, and there, you know, there's further discussion as to what this means exactly, how that all works elsewhere. But uh, in short, basically, so God is giving to the Rishayim, but in this more like backhanded way. And it's also in his giving to the Rishayim, giving to the wicked people, this affects the righteous people too, because it's giving the righteous people the opportunity to serve him with free will. Because when if if the world were so simple that we would just see that if you do God's will, you get life. If you don't do God's will, you die. There wouldn't be much free will. So God sets it up that he still does keep wicked people alive so that it's a little bit more complex and so that it is more it's it's it 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 does require a little bit more will on the part of people who want to choose to do God's will and this will allow people who are righteous to be rewarded for their efforts in that case. And so, again, this, this backhanded giving that God gives is called that he's giving to them in, a, in an aspect of ahoraim. Ahoraim is, again, it's a chasidic term that comes up quite often, which means ahoraim, achor, it means back from the backside. So that's the end of the section for today. And so just to give a little recap is we're talking about this idea of how everything in the world, regardless of what it is, in our world, in all the worlds, everywhere, you know, its vitality and existence comes exclusively and only from God. However, some things God gives to you in a more front to front kind of manner that are, that's coming from more of his like internal kind of like essence um, and his like inner will. And he really enjoys the giving process. Whereas for other things, God gives to you in a more backhanded manner, the way that like we might be 
giving to our enemies if like we didn't really want to give but we had to give a present the way we pay taxes as i mentioned in the beginning and tomorrow we'll, we'll continue with this chapter and we're going to explore a little bit more like what defines those things that receive the vitality from the front versus the back like what what would uh what would make a, a an entity a creation such that it would have to receive its vitality from the back get the answer to that question uh stay tuned tomorrow when we'll continue with this chapter and i'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.